Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks Ole Miss, MSU, and the SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Dalton Middleton, our Mississippi State writer. Lots to talk about in the program today. Will there be full college football stadiums? In the fall, how will the new CDC guidelines affect that effort? We'll talk about that a little bit. Other things, too, some football coming up. Uh, Before we get there, folks, I want to thank our partner, the Oxford Park Commission, for coming along for the ride. Lots going on at OPC right now. Registrations continue for the many kickers. Soccer instruction for kids ages 2 to 5, led by Oxford High School soccer coach Hunter Crane and youth baseball and softball. Those registrations underway as well. Uh, They run through April the 4th. Also, Dalton, OPC. Uh, This is, you know, if if we have a little bit of downtime in the summer, sometimes, you know, we have that uh, maybe four weeks before it cranks up again. But uh, OPC is looking for lifeguards, man. Uh, You can make a difference at the pool. Apply Mm -hmm. online at OxfordMS.net. Did you lifeguard back in the day? I did not. I'm actually – it's gonna be weird to, for you to listen to this. I'm actually allergic to chlorine. Well, that, so, that is that is different. I don't hear that a lot, man. But uh, yeah, so if uh, I can swim in chlorine pools, um, but I have to take a shower directly as soon as I step out and rinse off and get all the chlorine off of my body. It's only like in larger doses, like a swimming pool. Yeah. Um, but if it's a saltwater pool, it's cool. Um, it's and, just, and those are becoming more popular. You know, you right. see those more now. Uh, so what happens if you don't get that chlorine off right away? Is there a visual will, of this? Yeah, I'll break out in, in a full body rash from head to toe. Oh, man. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it started popping up when I was like sixth, seventh grade. And um, then we switched to a saltwater pool. I spent an entire summer um, trying to figure out what it was. And they were, we were trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I, I basically was itchy and had an, a whole rash for the entire summer because I continued to swim in these pools. Um, because we had no idea and uh and then finally figured it out and I, we got a saltwater pool after that and no no, no I've never been a lifeguard over here yeah so uh did um did y'all have a pool at your house growing up or, we did uh, okay well good. Or not not growing up but we got one when we were in middle school and that's when yeah, it started middle school happening. yeah uh, so so you, you do a lot of outdoor stuff man are you a hiker or a whitewater rafter and you, do you do those things uh I, the last few years i haven't done as much um but usually, you know, my buddies, yeah, we always go kayaking and fishing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we we love going to do stuff on the water like that. Um, you know, I grew up in the in the Jackson area, so we went to you know the reservoir and we went to the Okatoma down there in the uh, seminary all the time, and we did all all kinds of things like that. Man, I want to get back on the Okatoma. I want to get to the Okatoma this summer sometime. I uh, haven't done that in years, and. Uh, I just I spend more time in the Jackson area now with uh, with my kids both down there and I'm thinking I, I just need to get back. It's an easy uh, easy drive down from Jackson, but uh, I enjoy getting on the water uh, like that. If there's a, a lake or a river, uh, I'm all in, man. Yeah, we, yeah, me and my buddies we're actually planning one uh, in the summer. We're just trying to figure out a. Uh, Hard to plan anything right now when it's so up in the air, whether these teams make it to Omaha or if they get knocked out in the regional or, you know, so we're just kind of tentatively planning a trip to Oklahoma sometime in the summer. 
Yeah, you know, the Omaha thing, and and we're blessed to have good baseball teams to cover. And uh, while Ole Miss uh, hasn't gotten there as many times as they would like, you know, they're usually in the hunt. And uh, in the hunt makes it hard to plan. And uh, there's this one weekend yep. that I get together with uh, with college friends, or excuse me, it's a lot of weekends, it's like three days, but uh, one big event that we have uh, every year and I kind of have taken the lead on planning that because I always put it right there at the end of the College World Series before you get too close to the 4th of July when everybody's kind of, right. you know, ha- has family time. But so it's a very small window that we're trying to hit. And uh, the College World Series is always always have to be aware when you're trying to uh, put things uh, on that calendar. Not long after the, the College World Series is uh, – SEC media days, football media days, didn't have that last year. Uh, they're planning to have it this year uh, at uh, at Hoover there at the Winfrey uh, by the mall. And, uh, you know, Dalton, as, as we watch these, uh, as we watch COVID sports kind of hopefully head to the finish line, you know, hopefully we're going to get uh, back somewhat uh, to normal soon. But as, as we watch this coming into view and, we see restrictions lifted uh, in Mississippi and in Texas and in uh, Alabama. Uh, Governor Kay Ivey has said that that's coming for them in, in a month. Um, you know, I'm thinking that Media Days is going to be the first SEC event. They haven't said this by any stretch. You know, they're not making these announcements. And, and we've heard Greg Sankey, the commissioner, say many times that uh, he, he has worked to be very slow and methodical and and, and make sure all the boxes are checked, uh, the, the T's crossed, the I's dotted, and making decisions uh, during the pandemic. So no decision has been announced. Nothing's been announced on what media days will look like. But I could see that with some restrictions, certainly. Uh, maybe being the first time uh, that there are in, in-person interviews again uh, at an SEC event. I don't think they're going to lift that uh, during baseball at all. I mean, conference play is about to start. I think right. they're going to stay uh, stay with uh, what has worked for them during the pandemic, which means uh, all interviews on Zoom. I could see that being the first event in the summer uh, with in-person interviews. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, honestly, um, I think it might be one of the only ones that when it, when it does get back to, you know, full go here that I think – Stuff like that. The SEC media days might be some of the only things that are in-person interviews going forward. I think they're going to continue to do Zoom, especially like um, on the road and stuff like that. You can think the, the the guys in the locker room they can just hit Zoom real fast on their way out the door. They don't have to you know waste any time going up towards press room or anything. Um, I think the convenience factor of the Zoom is gonna it's gonna change a lot of things in this business um, going forward, especially even whenever everything's back to full, uh, full go with, with COVID and everything. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think, uh, you know, as, as baseball goes on and you get to, you know, uh, Hoover and then the regional super regionals in, in Omaha, I think you'll start seeing the attendance continue to rise, you know, was it, I think it's at full go in Mississippi right now, or as they say full go right now, um, the schools aren't full go, but, um, it, it's full go right here, but I think as it goes on in the next few weeks, if, if the numbers continue to drop, you're going to see the other states do the same thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the attendance goes from 25 to 50 to 75. And then 
who knows, you, you know, maybe the super regionals in a, what is it? April in June or something like that might have a, yeah. you know, yeah, that's 10 to 12,000 people here. Yeah. You, you know, and we saw the CDC come out uh, with their uh, recommendations, their guidelines for those people who have become uh, fully vaccinated. And, uh, and it was interesting, you know, there are a few things that uh, they say you can do right away. Uh, uh, if you have been fully vaccinated and you you uh, don't want to wear the mask, there are some things you can do. They say uh, fully vaccinated people uh, indoors without mask or physical distancing, uh, you know, they can visit with other fully vaccinated people. They can visit with unvaccinated people from a single household okay, who right. are at low risk for, for COVID-19 disease. You can You can visit with those people without wearing masks. And you can also refrain from quarantine. If you've been exposed, but you're not showing symptoms, you don't have to quarantine if you've been fully vaccinated. But that's kind of where the advantages stop there uh, from the CDC recommendations. They still say to avoid, even if you've been fully vaccinated, avoid medium and large sized in-person gatherings. Avoid those, Dalton, even if you have... Right. The vaccine that would seem to include uh, college football, uh, a medium and large sized uh, gathering there, uh, and most of them in the SEC will be large sized gatherings. Now, I've been to some uh, college football games that I would probably call medium sized gatherings, but uh, yeah, there's there's some, definitely some uh, some non SEC games here that are uh, some medium <laughs> gatherings around. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Those, those does sound like football games, but um, I would imagine as more people are signing up for the vaccines and more is getting, you know, more vaccines are getting made and more being available to the public, um, that'll probably turn into uh, people being allowed to go back to football games in the fall. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I got my first, I'm getting my first vaccine shot in about two weeks, and so. Um, you know, heck, in about, well, I guess six weeks or so, I'll be completely done with mine. So I'll be able to to reap the benefits of those uh, CDC guidelines here soon, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know, these are guidelines, and the guidelines change, and college football is, uh, you know, a long way out in terms of games being played and people uh, getting back together. I think, uh, I think we're going to see uh, the virus change a lot during that time, the, the efforts to uh, return to normal change during that time. And, and most likely these guidelines will change as well. But, you know, and, and there's it, the key word here is guidelines. Uh, this is what uh, the CDC suggested. Uh, not everybody is listening to the CDC, but, sure. uh, but these colleges are, these schools are, the SEC is, they are, if it's not the uh, CDC, uh, straight out. Uh, we've heard many times that uh, they are leaning on their medical professionals and on their uh, medical people in terms of establishing policy uh, for COVID-19. Now, you know, we had the restrictions lifted in Mississippi, and the first uh, sport to be impacted by that is baseball. And uh, as we talked about last week, uh, it's not been an immediate immediate change. Uh, hey, y'all come, everybody, hey, we're, we're back. Uh, you know, there right. are still, still guidelines in place. And I, I noticed at Ole Miss, and I want to hear, hear you say what, uh, what state uh, did uh, differently 
after the governor's announcement. Uh, Ole Miss, they didn't say, hey, we're going to move to be, of course, it was 25% was where you started the season. They didn't say 50% or 75 or 100. They didn't talk in terms of percentages. Uh, what they did was basically say, look, uh, we realized that a lot of you folks uh, requested season tickets, tried to purchase season tickets, uh, but we weren't able to fill all those orders. Well, everybody who did uh, order season tickets by the February 1st deadline, we're going to fill those orders now. If you ordered season tickets, you know, you're in. We're going we're to fill those requests right now. So they didn't talk in terms of numbers or percentages, but they laid out a plan to eventually get back to full capacity. They're working toward full capacity uh, this season. Um, they are making more single-game tickets available, so you get a little walk-up traffic there too. And as far as restrictions in the stadium, Dalton, what I saw uh, for the Belmont series was, you know, more people, okay? They had crowds, uh, you know, not quite at uh, 6,000. They had crowds around 5,700, which is about 50%. Again, they're not talking in terms of percentages. But that's about uh, 50% in that stadium. When you talk about the stadium itself and and uh, the outfield, you know, might be a little might be a little more uh, than 50%. But uh, those were the numbers in terms of attendance and in terms of uh, restrictions in the stadium. Uh, Ole Miss began the season saying uh, you have to wear masks not only when you're moving about in the stadium, but even when you're seated. Uh, keep your mask on. Uh, the, the new phrase, uh, we've heard so many new phrases during COVID, but uh, the new phrase is unless you are actively uh, eating or drinking. That's uh, been the Ole Miss terminology. You keep that mask on unless you are actively eating or drinking. Well, they changed that with the, with the restrictions being lifted last week. Uh, they encourage people to wear masks as they are moving about the stadium, but uh, they can take off masks when they are seated. So when you're seated outdoors, baseball, you can remove your mask. Now, a lot of people uh, were wearing masks. I would say uh, that from the people who were seated, and I don't have a, a, a clean view of, of the whole stadium from the third base press box there, but I would say probably about half the people, maybe just a little bit less than that, uh, were wearing masks even when they were seated. So what, what, what did you see at state? Um, honestly, Parrish, it really wasn't that much different this past weekend than, uh, than it was before. There was more fans, uh, and I, that was the biggest increase. Um, the mask policy was still 100% in play, how it has been before. Um, and it, I don't think it was, I think it was just, you know, whenever the governor announced it on what Tuesday or Wednesday, I think they just decided to keep last weekend basically the same and start implementing some of those things, maybe maybe this week or, or going into the near future. Um, but yeah, you know, there was, I think there was about 3,500 fans, you know, and I think there was sitting around a little over 2000 the weekends before. So there's, you know, increased almost double. So probably, you know, getting closer to that 50% mark, um, you know, of course not quite 50% because, you know, you can sell 50% of the tickets, but not 50% of the people are going to come. Um, but it was also kind of like what you said, this, the season ticket holders got first, you know, first bite on that. Um, and then I think student tickets, they got a few extra. 
but you know, the mask policy was still in play. You have to wear it at all times in the stadium, unless you're actively eating or drinking, like you mentioned, that's the only time you were, uh, can take it off. There was no sit down in your seat and take it off. Um, other than that, you know, I didn't, I didn't really walk around the stadium. I didn't see anything. Um, but yeah, that's the, that was the biggest thing. And, um, just let a few a few more people in, and you know the mask policy was still in in play. Um, I think by um, this weekend, I think I saw on Twitter yesterday that they uh, were giving out a thousand general admission tickets for tonight's game and tomorrow's game. So uh, they weren't doing general admission, you know, walk up and buy them for five dollars like they had in the first few weeks, and that's something that I think starting today. Um, so that you know could add a a, a thousand more people into the stadium. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's starting to look more like 50% when there's 4,500 people in there. Um, and so I think this is probably this, this week is probably the start of that. I think they haven't announced anything um, up to this point, but you know, who knows later this afternoon, or, you know, they might, you know, announce something that makes a little more uh, sense with Ole Misses. You know, I would think they're going to be kind of stay similar um, like they did the first few times I would imagine. They, yeah. The schools don't really have an option of that. They got to kind of look at each other's and, and and work with each other to try to make about the same calls there. Yeah, you do want some uh, so, some uh, unity there in, in in moving forward, and and that's what they're certainly trying to achieve at, at uh, not only the Mississippi level but the conference level as well. They're trying to uh, you know all be uh, on board uh, with these things, but it's different. It is different from state to state, and and you know we see that and and the policies that uh, the governors are, are handing down. Um, I thought Dalton that uh, at, at Ole Miss, uh, you know, with 5,700 crowds, I mean, it, it looked just uh, surveying from the press box and looking out over everything. It looked normal uh, because every crowd, every crowd is not 10,000. You know, you, right. you have some, uh, some big conference games or, or some regionals. I mean, you see some games like that with, with massive crowds, but uh, on an SEC weekend, uh, yeah, you might get up seven or eight thousand. Uh, you might get up right. to nine, but but every game is is not like that. And and to have almost six thousand people there look pretty normal. I mean, saw saw a grill a grill or two going out in left field. Now I know had I walked out there, uh, you know, the play structure for the the children is still roped off and. I know that concessions are different and, and uh, everything is, uh, you know, individually wrapped as, as as much as it can be. So there are still things that are very different. And, and like you said, there, there may be some things here that uh, that this is the new normal. Uh, but yeah. in terms of people in the stands, I thought it looked really uh, uh, Swayze-like uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I cannot say the same because we – in the press box, they play this game, you know, where you guess the attendance before the SID tells you. And um, everyone was guessing in the in the low three hundred, the low uh, three thousands. And I guessed in the in the two thousands because I was looking out there, and it, it just didn't look like that many people out there. It ended up being about thirty five, a hundred. Um, but you know, they still have the, uh, you know, the, the, the everything roped off where you can only be six feet. You have to be six feet apart from the people next to you. So I think that really has a play with uh you know, how, how much it looks like the people are there, but yeah, I think that was the high. I was about 3,500 this past weekend. And, um, but yeah, like you mentioned, you're not going to see 10,000 people, 9,000 people at these games against, you know, uh, Kent state and Belmont, you know, you might against Arkansas or, you know, the 
Wentz State and Ole Miss play. But, um, you know, these little non-conference games where, you know, the pitchers are still trying to find their to find their groove and, you know, some of these hitters are hitting under 200, not really in, you know, this preseason slump. So you're probably not going to see too much of that. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it was not back to normal at Duty Noble this weekend. But hopefully, uh, I guess for the, the fans' sake, it, uh, it does get back to normal here soon and they can start piling in, you know, five to 6,000 a game like you're seeing. Shifting gears here, talking college football a little bit. Uh, there is a Power Five job opening now. Uh, odd time of year, but Kansas has parted ways with former LSU coach Les Miles uh, after a, a report uh, came out of uh, a report charging Miles with inappropriate behavior uh, toward female students uh, when he was at LSU. And uh, Kansas uh, last Friday immediately came out and, and suspended him. And, and uh, now it's been reported that they are, are parting ways. Now, the report uh, uh, did not uh, – it talked about inappropriate behavior. It did not talk about uh, an inappropriate physical relationship and, right. and that, that level of contact. Uh, it did say that uh, former LSU AD Joe Oliva – uh, wanted to fire Miles then. He eventually was fired, what I think, in like 15 or 16. Uh, but somebody at LSU made the decision that the behavior did not warrant firing at that time. But uh, Kansas sure jumped on it quick. Now they and 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 maybe as has the as the culture changed that much, Dalton, in about uh, what about six years or or seven or eight years from that report. Uh, I, you, you know, you get caught up in something like that. It's it's hard to keep your job right now. Yeah, and with, with the whole Kansas situation, I you know, this is gonna this is not gonna sound good coming out of my mouth. Like, I'd like to give Kansas the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they didn't know. Uh, maybe that was never brought up. Maybe no one at LSU decided to tell them about that situation. Um, but then also like with how with how much it was at LSU and reading those reports and how many incidents there were and stuff like that, I think it'd be hard for that to stay a secret, Mm -hmm. especially when LSU, like you mentioned, was considering firing him beforehand and all this stuff. I would, I would, I would think that was hard to keep under wraps, um, at least at a job search um, level and and, and stuff like that. But I guess you, I guess you never know because, you know, um, they did a pretty good job of keeping it a secret from the public for so long else you did protecting their brand and such. Um, it's just a really bad situation all the way around. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what the NCAA is going to do. I could, I could see this one. I could see LSU getting hit hard. I could see them getting a slap on the wrist. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a really bad situation. Yeah. Uh, LSU's got a other, uh, other issues going on right now. There's just one more, uh, the, the less miles thing, but, uh, you know, uh, Kansas, it's just uh, interesting. I mean, it's not a good time to be without a coach. Um, right. And look, at, at the best of times on the calendar, whenever, you know, you know, whenever might be considered the optimum time to go look for a coach, Kansas is just not that attractive a job. And uh, I saw the statement uh, relieved by, uh, by released by Les yesterday that said he, he feels like uh, Kansas football is better now than it was before he got there, leaving it a better place. Uh, didn't show up, man, uh, on the uh, on the wins and losses there. I think he was like, what, uh, they were 0-9 last year, uh, won only one Big 12 game uh, in, in his time as coach. So it's uh, it's different. I think there were 3-18 and in two years. 
Yeah, um, I didn't get to hire whenever they did hire him. I thought it was kind of weird. You know, LSU got rid of him for a reason. It's because he wasn't adapting to college football the way it was now. Um, but, you know, there was a couple games there where I thought Kansas was competitive in some of those games. I think they, you know, against like the Oklahomas and such, where they would actually play pretty good games, but uh, just the results didn't show up. Um, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you win two games, but you were – it was a one score game and five other ones is you still lost those five games. And that was, that's what matters when it comes to college football nowadays. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're in a better place than they were. Um, especially like, it, it's hard to sit there and say, Oh, you know, they're, they're in a better place now than it was when I got hired because now they're having to deal with this. Um, and <laughs> because now they're going to be like, oh, okay, what, uh, you know, what staffer did this happen with here? You know, and I hate to say it like that, but, uh, now there's going to be like, oh, you know, Kansas might get hit with something, you know. I mean, they're not going to worry about the postseason, but they might get hit with a postseason ban or some, you know, lose some scholarships. And all of a sudden, you know, they're in a worse place than they were when you got there. Um, but you got to see what the NCAA does about that whole situation, I guess, before you start saying stuff like that. Well, if you're Kansas, if you're Jeff Long, the AD at Kansas, so where do you go here? I mean, at this time on the calendar, who, you know, who do you pursue? for this job and, and you know I don't think uh I, I don't think Ole Miss fans have to worry about losing Jeff Levy to Kansas you know the offensive coordinator I think uh Central right. Florida Central Florida certainly was a what was a threat uh in that conversation but uh I, I don't think Jeff Levy makes the jump to Kansas I think uh he could do better than that uh when the yeah. time comes um mid-major you know, I've seen some names uh, tossed around about uh, uh, Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech, Willie Fritz at Tulane, Lance Leopold at, uh, at Buffalo. Maybe, you know, maybe those mid-major guys, uh, you know, if you're a head coach there and you, you've had some success and maybe you think I'm the guy. You know, coaches have egos, Dalton. They all think I'm the guy. They, I'm the guy that can turn around Kansas football and, and make a difference. And, you know, and, and, and maybe they are. But uh, – you know, I, I guess, look, it usually comes comes down to a, a Division One assistant uh, in a search like this. Yeah. Maybe that's where they go. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to um, – like, well, you mean, I think I think the coaches at State and Ole Miss are safe. I don't think – I don't think the, the, the fans in Mississippi have much to worry about. Um, but, you know, I could see Kansas trying to go, you know, go poach one of those, you know, those – those coaches over there, one of the assistant coaches at Alabama, it just seems like it's a never-ending cycle. Yeah, who's, over there. who's in that? Uh, who's in that Nick Saban rehab uh, uh, clinic right now? You know, <laughs> right. some Thompson, still over there. Uh, no, he who? Butch Jones. Uh, Butch Jones, not Arkansas Thompson, State. Yeah, Arkansas State. Okay, yeah, so you grab him. Butch Thompson is a, is a different sport. Different That's sport. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Butch I think Thompson the, might have as much success as. Uh, as any other Kansas coach. That is true. He could go over there, you know, maybe turn a take a few baseball players out there. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the Willie Fritz over at Tulane, he's had some success there. I see somebody like that moving on, especially after losing Will Hall this past offseason to Southern Miss. Um, and then uh, the, the Buffalo coach, I, I can't think of his name. Like, you, I know you mentioned a minute ago. But, yeah, um, Lance Leopold. Yeah, they had a lot of success mm-hmm. um, this past year. I could see something like that in those mid-majors, but – it's it, it's a weird time right now because all these coaches are in the middle of spring football practice or getting ready for spring football practice and you know wrapping up they just wrapped up those recruiting classes and I imagine 
it, this is a really weird time to be fired and try to get um, a new coach in there because it kind of seems like this is the point where everyone's kind of settling down and working with their new teams and trying to get ready for the fall. Yeah, you know, number one, these new coaches everywhere, and all coaches, uh, nobody had spring football practice last year. Right. But spring is usually a time where, hey, you've been hired in December maybe. Uh, you, you've gotten to know, at least know the names of your players, and you've looked at a lot of video, and and uh, you're, you're getting reports from the strength coach and who's doing well, and you, know, you at least have an idea of uh, where you want to put them on a practice field. Mm-hmm. And you, you get that Kansas job right now, and spring practice comes around, it's like you're still trying to learn names. Yeah, and this is going to be kind of a shot at Kansas, but, like, this isn't like getting a job at – you know, at Alabama or Auburn, one of these SEC schools or one of these big-time programs where, you know, you go in kind of knowing about some of these players, you're going to go into Kansas. Like, I mean, how many coaches have ever watched a Kansas game in the last two years? They don't know any of these players. They're not going to know. Like you said, they're not going to know a single name because Kansas isn't at one of those programs where you're like, oh, well, you know, outside of like maybe one one player like the running back, I think that was pretty good this past year. You're not going to know who any of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. it, it's a difficult challenge. Yeah, it is. Hey, folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. We thank you for clicking in with us today. Shout out to our partner, Oxford Park Commission, uh, OPC. Lots going on there. They need lifeguards, folks. Uh, check, them, check them out there. Uh, you can apply online at OxfordMS.net, and you can find more information on OPC programs at OxfordParkCommission.com. You can find Dalton and me at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu. On the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss and MSU pages and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State discussion with Dalton Middleton. Lots of good things in those groups. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.